we talk about astrology and the Saturn death cult. My name is Joel Tillis. Welcome to the Soul Trap. As always, we trust that wherever, whenever this broadcast finds you, it finds you in good health, good spirits, and most importantly, always most importantly, on that good and narrow way. We appreciate many of you reaching out to us, touching base with us. We are not in the path of the hurricane. We are on the western coast, and uh, so we appreciate there being an entire peninsula between us and Dorian. But we do pray for those in the Bahama. We do pray for those uh, that are going to be suffering still from the uh, effects of the hurricane. We wish them all the best and trust that the Lord will protect them and care for them. But here, snug in our office on the west coast of Florida, uh, we are coming to you with the Soul Trap today. And we're coming to you talking about astrology, media, Hollywood, the Saturn death cult. That's right. You heard me right. The Saturn death cult. There was a time when there was a clear delineation between the occult and what you and I would call normal life. When there was a play, so to say, that was carefully orchestrated and meticulously protected. Evil has always been with us. Bad has always been with us. The darkness has always been there. But much to the, I think, commendation of Christianity in America, there had to be, alongside of the ugly, there had to be the, at least the play, the semblance of the good. While there was certainly wickedness going on, you still had to have Andy Griffith on TV. While there was H.H. H. Holmes committing mass murder in Chicago, there was still the Moody and the Tory revivals. In other words, there was always and has always been the good and the evil, the light and the dark side by side, but there has always also been a careful delineation, separation, but no longer is that the case. Whatever little separation there is between good and evil has been eroding at breakneck speed. And every time you turn on the TV, we see see this on the news, whether it's Jeffrey Epstein or the spirit cooking of the chief of staff of Hillary Clinton, whether it's the alien, the UFO uptick that we have seen, or just in general, I think that feeling that is out there globally, I would submit to you, but I think it's certainly here in the United States of America, that there is something spiritual, something predatorial taking place in our country. It seems as if, so to say, the stars are aligning against the good. And there may be more truth to that than we tend to understand. Stars have their place not only in astronomy, astrology, occultism, but stars have their place throughout the Bible. We see them as stars in and of themselves, but we also see them as symbolic of angels, of beings, of entities, that in some way not fully understood by us is and always has been since the beginning of time directly connected with humanity. It's very interesting that there are nine gods 
in Egypt, nine primary gods that were real gods, real beings, real sons of the mighty, one might say, whom God in Exodus chapter number 12, verse 12, proclaimed judgment against. It is also very interesting that we claim that there are nine planets in our solar system. And of all the nine planets, probably the closest to the powers of darkness, the ones, the one that is most deeply connected with occultism, the powers of darkness, with things on the other side of the veil, is the planet, and we use the term loosely, Saturn. Saturn in astrology is very, very powerful. Reading from basic manuscript and basic information that's available to all of us, Saturn symbolizes boundaries, limits, and crystallization. As the last planet visible to the naked eye, it represented, especially to the ancients, the end of the solar system, the point where our version of reality ended. Saturn is also about necessity, some claim, responsibility, and dealing with the rules of life, and therefore was considered to be the most difficult planet of all, esoterically. Again, esoterically, the problem with Saturn is that it is about manifesting in material form. Very interesting. It is about the non-material manifesting and expressing itself in the material. This is the fall of spirit into matter, by some accounts connected with the notion of the original sin, the Garden of Eden, and those beings that left their first habitation to cohabitate with the habitation of man. One writer says, Our very existence as physical beings is a separation from the unity of the divine, from God, and thus a sin. It is interesting to note that Adam and Eve were to live by the tree of life. Again, in Revelation, those nations will eat the tree of life. They will literally live by the divine life of God, because Jesus himself said, I, I am that life. It is very interesting that there is a really deep connection between the term Saturn and the name that you and I are familiar with, Satan, which is essentially a condemnation of the material world, or so the Gnostic and esoterics would have us believe. In history and in myth and esoteric lore, there is deep connection between Saturn and Satan, sin and sex, material and immaterial, the holy, the fallen, the spirit, and the flesh. And given what we are seeing coming from the Epstein case, the rumors of Pizzagate, the mystery of the Franklin cover-up, and so much more, I think it is important to understand that more is going on here than a few old men trying to see how sexually deviant they can be, or a few people getting together and toying around with spiritualism. No, no, what we're seeing going on in the media today, whether it be Epstein or anything else, is truly satanic. Satanic. It is a satanic power that is taking place globally and has been for some time. Only now, as we near the return of the Lord, and now as the play no longer needs to be maintained. The curtain is pulled back, so to say, on the other side, and we are seeing revealed more and more. Jeffrey Epstein was not just some sick, rich, white guy. His death was not just your run-of-the-mill conspiracy. He was the provider of flesh, I believe, to a non-flesh global entity. His death, not a suicide, but a sacrifice. 
a sacrifice in ritual form for all the world to see, at least for all in the know to see. Hollywood has long been telling the story of the star gods, has long been telling the story of their sexual perversion, their cohabitation. And one has to wonder, could it be that one of Hollywood's strangest men has been telling us all along of men like Jeffrey Epstein, of worlds like we have seen before our very eyes, revealed and unfolded? Stanley Kubrick may very well be the documentarian of the world in which you and I are not privy to. Eyes Wide Shut is a movie, a movie that really no Christian should see, but there's enough information to read about it. It is Kubrick's look into the world of the New York sexual underground, the bizarre rituals of sex cult, infidelity, and elite murder. The film is peppered with occult and Masonic visual reference and hints at underage prostitution among New York's privileged class. Sound familiar? It should. The film, though butchered by a studio re-edit, is a cause celebre among occult observers as an insider's peek into the dark sexual practices of the world's elite. It is interesting to note that Kubrick died, some say mysteriously, only four days after the screening of his final cut of the movie. After his death, it was seriously, deeply, and some say surprisingly, recut. There is a lot of information that can be found about Stanley Kubrick, about the underworld, about the darkness that lies out there. But there is a very interesting, interesting website called the SaturnDeathCult.com. I highly suggest if you do read it, that you read it with Bible in hand and uh, maybe the Rochester's playing in the background. To some, the Saturn Death Cult is simply a silly group of overly eager, overly sexualized, overly self-aggrandized, important people that like to think that they're in the know. But maybe there is more to this Saturn death cult, to the stars, to the global provision of flesh, to the global presence of those that are not flesh. Reading now from the website's own information, Stanley Kubrick and the Saturn death cult is the greater body of Stanley Kubrick's film an expose of hidden elite obsessed with dark Saturnarian sexual rites, ritualistic transmutation of mankind, and pedophilia. Everything that I just mentioned in that paragraph can be found in the Jeffrey Epstein case. The author and filmmaker, Jane Widener, has proposed that legendary film director Stanley Kubrick created his masterpiece, 2001, as a visual and alchemical initiation into the ongoing transformation and evolutionary ascent of man to a so-called star child destiny. Set against the backdrop of a space mission sent to the planet Jupiter to investigate a strange artificial monolith, 2001 A Space Odyssey is an almost surreal experience that incorporates thematic elements including human evolution, well, we tagged that one. Technology, we've tagged that one. Artificial intelligence, we've tagged that one. AI, we've tagged that one. And extraterrestrial life. According to Widener, it is a bold attempt to envision the next evolutionary step for humanity as it reaches out beyond its own planet into the depths of space. 
The article goes on to state, during a March 6, 2011 interview on Red Ice Radio, Widener asserted that Kubrick had originally wanted to set the story's monolith on the planet Saturn. Very similar to as it is written by Arthur C. Clarke of the same name and not on Jupiter as it appears in Kubrick's film. However, the special effects team apparently could not replicate Saturn's rings well enough. And Jupiter was substituted in the plot. But where did he want it? On Saturn. But Weiner doesn't buy this. He believes Kubrick was pressured to make the change by highly placed occultists, worried that the film was too blatant back then in its depiction of the role played by Saturn in their occult human transmutation agenda. Now remember what I said at the beginning of our show. When this 2001 came out, we still had to have the delineation between good and bad. I mean, back then, I mean, I remember when I was a young, young boy, uh, people were nervous that Ronald Reagan wasn't going to be elected because he was divorced. He was divorced and we were afraid he couldn't be elected. That's how high the wall had to be. The, The play had to be between good and evil. Was evil there? Yes, but we had to hide it. We had to stick it in the corner. It had to be in the red light district, but not anymore. Not anymore. Why did they let Kubrick make 2001 in the first place, one might ask? Well, the article goes on to state, it goes back to understanding the context of the times in which Kubrick was working, the space race with Soviet Union during the time of the Cold War. Of course, to fully understand Jay Widener's take on the works of Stanley Kubrick, you have to visit his own website and read his own articles. But in short, what you will find is that Kubrick is giving you in movie form, a documentation of what is going on behind the scenes. For instance, AI, artificial intelligence, a Kubrick project largely completed by Steven Spielberg after Kubrick's death. Everybody thinks that AI was Steven Spielberg, but it wasn't. He simply picked up the baton and ran with the major groundwork that Kubrick had already done. The film centers around the concept of artificially created children, being manufactured as substitutes for childless couples or grieving parents trying to come to terms with the loss of a human child. Once again, it is said that Kubrick's plot was radically changed after his death from a much darker look into why people would want to create lifelike children that never grow up. Now let that sink in just a little bit. What kind of freak out there would want to create for themselves a lifelike child that never grows up, can never tell on them, can never be reported to the police, can never be so emotionally damaged that they're no sexually good anymore. As Widener points out, what mother would want to miss out on the experience of watching her child grow into adulthood? Yet, what group of people would want to have a never-aging 12-year-old boy? The answer is very simple, and it's there for us. Occult groups, pedophilia, it's all there. Lolita, another, another one of Kubrick's early films that explores the sexual relationship between an older man and an underage girl. Based on the notorious novel of the same kind, Kubrick departed from the book's plot on one significant point. Through the enhanced role of Peter Sellers' character, he hints at the existence of a pedophilia network active in procuring underage girls. Now, let me state that again from the article. I'm reading from the article. 
Kubrick departed from the book's plot on one significant point. Through the enhanced role of Peter Sellers' character, he hints strongly at the existence of a pedophile network active in procuring underage girls. Now, on your own, go investigate when Kubrick's Lolita was released, when that came out. And then tell me that you are not shocked we're only now hearing about the Jeffrey Epsteins. We have only now been made fun of because Pizzagate comes to light. I submit to you that this has been a global phenomenon going on for a very, very long time and that the tentacles run far deeper. And by the way, just in case the wrong people get a hold of these podcasts, I am telling you right now that I am not suicidal. Let that be stated for the record. This is a common attribute associated with elite occult activities. And again, you see Kubrick bringing it to light. Some very strange things came out in his other movie, Dr. Phil, uh, Dr. Strangeglove, the 1964 film that established Kubrick as a special effects master. A very important point to remember in understanding why Jay Widener believes Kubrick was allowed to make his later occult expose films. For its time, however, Dr. Strangeglove was the definitive satire on the ominous military-industrial complex that President Eisenhower, by the way, had warned the American people about. Then there's A Clockwork Orange, the ultimate mind-control movie in which we see a violent rapist turned and transformed by the brainwashing technique into a passive citizen, devoid of his humanity and his violent tendencies. In the film, Kubrick goes to the heart of a society being steered towards the goal of transmuting people into more pliable subjects. Then again, there's Full Metal Jacket, another look by Kubrick at human beings being dehumanized and then transformed. Of course, we've already mentioned 2001, A Space Odyssey. Probably one of the most profound films that he ever did was The Shining, a film crucial to understanding how Kubrick was able to get away with making films laced with occult references and alchemical imagery. Widener believes this fraught adaptation of Stephen King's novel about an isolated writer gone mad is actually a cryptic confession by Kubrick of his involvement in faking the Apollo 11 moon landing. By the way, it has been stated that King hated Kubrick's adaptation. The two were not the same. The faking of the moon landing. And with that last statement, the article says, we finally arrive at why Kubrick seems to have been allowed to embark on a career making movies with hidden alchemical messages. The writer of the article states, I first came across Widener's work on Stanley Kubrick when researching possible evidence for a fake 1969 moon landing by NASA. There are many theories claiming that the 1969 Apollo moon mission was faked, but Widener caught my interest due to his comparative analysis of the moon landing footage with Kubrick's special effect works in 2001. What Widener was able to plausibly demonstrate was that the background sky in Apollo 11 missions shot shared the same forensic telltale signs of Kubrick's front projection technique used in 2001 A Space Odyssey. I quote now from Widener's documentary film, quote, In Kubrick's Odyssey, Part 1, Kubrick and Apollo, author and filmmaker Jane Widener presents compelling evidence of how Stanley Kubrick directed the Apollo moon landings. He reveals that the film, 2001 A Space Odyssey, was not only a retelling of Arthur C. Clarke, and Stanley Kubrick's novel, but also a research and development project that assisted Kubrick in the creation 
of the Apollo moon footage. In light of this revelation, Widener also explores Kubrick's film, The Shining, and shows that this film is actuality the story of Kubrick's personal travails as he secretly worked on the Apollo footage for NASA. So, one might ask, what is his connection with the Saturn death cult? The article states, as mentioned in the first paragraph of this article, Stanley Kubrick had originally wanted to use Saturn and not Jupiter as the location for the alien monolith in 2001. Why? It is evident that in mythology and esoteric tradition, Saturn, not Jupiter, is recognized as the original supreme creator or god. It is also true, as documented by author, authors such as Richard C. Hoagland and Joseph P. Farrell, that the U.S. Space Agency, NASA, was and is infested with various Masonic, Nazi, and occult influences, all intent on pursuing their own hidden agendas and all fully versed in the Satarian lore. In dealing with these occult NASA insiders while faking the Apollo 11 landing, Kubrick would have been initiated into their perception that Humanity's destiny is inextricably linked to an occult and medical, metaphysical understanding of Saturn. Exposing this twisted metaphysical interpretation of Saturn is the whole premise for the website, the Saturn Death Cult. As history would have it, it appears that to some degree Kubrick and his pseudo-revelation was thwarted when he was forced to switch to Jupiter as the film's main backdrop. The irony is, though, that because most occultists themselves still labor under the notion that the solar system has always been as we see it today, Kubrick would not have realized that there is a perfectly natural explanation for Saturn's exalted position in mythology. While NASA's occult jet propulsion engineers and Nazi rocket scientists look to rediscover some lost Saturnarian truth, by physically traveling to the planet, those with an appreciation for the electric universe model of the solar system know that Saturn's mythological secrets lie in its original physical position at Earth's celestial north. Or as another in the Bible has said, I will ascend into the sides of the north. I will be like the Most High God. That occultists and alchemists, the article goes on to say, still cling in ignorance to the accepted information of our solar system would almost be laughable if it were not for one very brutal fact, that they have developed a code of sex, murder, rituals over the century in pursuit of their quasi-metaphysical reference for Saturn. As those who have read the website's general outline on the Saturn death cult know, women and children the world over have suffered the horrific consequences of this insidious interpretation of mythology. If we are to believe the imagery of films like Eyes Wide Shut and A Clockwork Orange, then it seems Kubrick too was exposed to this unsavory dark side of the Saturn legacy. And his latter films may have been his own attempt in some strange, convoluted, conscientious way to alert us to the existence of this curse, or it could have been, as often is the case in the occult, their own way of parading before us the reality that all along 
beside mom and apple pie on July 4th and make America great again, there is a world of darkness the likes of which we cannot possibly fathom. For Kubrick, though, the tragedy is that his artistic genius was poisoned by contacts with these creatures. And it seems he too suffered terribly on a personal level as a result. The article closes. It has always been there, ladies and gentlemen. Light, Andy Griffith, make America great again, apple pie, support our troops, yellow ribbons tied in trees and parades on Saturday morning. It has always been there as well. Death, murder, perversion, lies, unnatural affections. In the midst of mankind's confusion, the darkness lies just in reach and always has. Only now, it lies visible to those who can see.